This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, probably one of my favorite interviews that we have done yet, I interviewed Tom Bilyeu, who is the co-founder of Quest Nutrition. We went in a lot of different directions. It, I'm always loving when I reach out to other people and they are living the one thing, whether they've read the book or not. And so if you missed that episode, make sure you go back there. But my conversation with Tom generated a lot of awareness for me around how powerful the three commitments are in the one thing made me realize that the most value I could bring to you is to piggyback off that episode by talking about the three commitments. And I was about to record it by myself and do a solo episode. But then I was like, you know what? People, they get enough of you, Jeff. Who else can we bring on who's awesome? And then I said, you know what? Episode 20 with Chad Himes was awesome because this guy has been living the book for so long. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash O-N-E-5-0 and use code O-N-E-5-0 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So with that, Mr. Chad Himes. Hello, Jeff. How are you doing today? Awesome. Awesome. So we are going to talk about the three commitments, which when I reached out to you, were like, oh, the three commitments. I love the three commitments. Love them. Absolutely. I mean, there really isn't a part of the one thing I don't love, yet the three commitments are a powerful, powerful step to help anyone get where they're going. So let's let's dive right in. What Before we even explain what the three commitments are, why why do they matter? Well, and just what they're called, right? The three commitments. So we can go through the lies. We can go through the thieves. We can talk about a 66-day challenge. We can talk about all those amazing things you've covered with amazing people. But if we don't make that commitment to ourselves, we're just reading a book and pretending it's something that's important. Well, and, and, and I think at the heart of what you're saying, it's like, how many of you who are listening to this have ever read a book invested in a course, attended a seminar, you got super jacked up. You're like, oh my gosh, this stuff is amazing. And then you did nothing. Yeah. I have a really smart bookcase in my library. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All those books I was going to do something about. That's right. That's right. Um, and I'm one of those people who listens to an audible book at, at accelerated speed. But you know, how much are you really retaining and mastering? Uh, not as much as I would like to. And I think that the big reason why so many people consume content but don't master or live it is because they lack that commitment. So, so let's dive in. What is the first commitment? First commitment, right? It's a commitment to self-mastery. So a powerful, powerful lesson that everybody needs to take advantage of because if you're not going to work on mastering yourself, you're never going to master anything else. Oh, and I remember reading the book recently because repetition is important to me. And I remember Gary and Jay saying, if, if you commit to the road to mastery, you will have a chance at experiencing the extraordinary. 
And when, when, I, when I read it, it was just like, you know what? It, it, that's right. Like, what does it truly mean to experience extraordinary in any area of your life? And it doesn't come without mastery. No, it's the 10,000 hour rule that gets bounced back and forth. Everybody wants to talk about, right? And we, it's the journey. It's not the destination. And I think that's the big thing that always comes out of that commitment to self-mastery when I'm getting to teach the workshop and getting to go over it with people that it's not, I'm going from here to here. It's what's that journey along the way that I'm experiencing and how am I growing? Well, what you just said, there's really powerful and I'm going to underscore it because it, it, people might've glazed over it. It's not the destination. It's the journey. I can share as a millennial, I want results yesterday. I want instant gratification. No, no, Jeff, Jeff. Instant gratification is not fast enough any longer. Oh, there you go. That's right. Jeff, have you ever stood in front of the microwave and yelled at it because it was taking 30 seconds to make you a meal? I mean, that's, (laughs) that's what millennials are like today. We want results so fast. And when it comes to the commitment to self-mastery, we have to understand it's not happening overnight. Right, right. I remember a mentor, one of my first big mentors, I'll call him a big mentor because he was very successful. I was, I was surprised that he was mentoring me at all. One of the first things he helped me understand was the need to at- detach myself from the outcome. I would set these goals for myself and every single day I was beating myself up because I wasn't there yet. And he was like, brother, you got to detach yourself from the outcome, cast the big vision and enjoy the journey along the way. Now, now Gary has said something really interesting about the road to mastery. I remember in one of the masterminds, he said, um, the road to success, the road to mastery is actually very boring. People get, people get very excited when they get started. There's that novelty. You're super pumped up. But after you lead generate every day for a certain number of days, there's nothing sexy about it. No, it's monotonous repetition again and again and again. And I can just keep doing this for the whole podcast, but that's what it's truly about. It's doing it again and again. So for you in your life, Chad, what's something that you have been on that road to master that where you've had to deal with the monotony, you've had to deal with the boredom? The best example I can always use, because everyone can picture this one in their head, is, is running a marathon. So I trained to run a marathon, and this is where that commitment... I mean, I'm still not a master at it because I couldn't go run half as fast as... I mean, I was halfway through mine and people were finished. Yet, what did I have to do every single day? Is that why you shaved your head? That's it. I was attempting to go faster. More aerodynamic. More aerodynamic. That's good. <laughs> I was every single day having to run, having to run. And if you're, if you know that, I mean, you get comfortable on the same treadmill or you get comfortable on the same course around your neighborhood or you get comfortable at the same track and it just becomes so boring to see the same tree and the same house and know you're going to wave to the same neighbor at the same time as you keep going. It almost feels like a bad cartoon where the background was always the same and just kept repeating. And then next thing you know, you're able to run a marathon. And that works for everything in our life, whatever it is. You want to be a painter? Start painting. And every day, it might be boring. It might be monotonous to work with that blue paint again and again and again and again. And you're going to start to learn how to texture that blue paint just right to get the color you're truly looking for. I remember Gary mentioning how there's a there's a mindset shift that you have to adopt if you are truly to go down the road to mastery. And it's the mindset of being an apprentice. When you day walk, in and day out. Yeah, when you walk in, like literally, when I look at Gary Keller, I do not think expert, even though look at his results, I think consummate student. 
Right. I genuinely mean that. And every time he sits in front of a group of people, he puts himself in that position where he says, look, I'm here to share with you as a student. Just my experience has gotten me to a certain level. Some people, so that's attractive. But he comes from the role of being a student every single day. Don't believe me? Go on Facebook and find the video where I shot a video inside his office and you can see the crazy number of books that are in his office. And I that think, was a great tour. Thanks oh, for sharing that one. Yeah, you're, well, you're welcome. Uh, but here's, here's why I share this with you. It's really easy when you start to gain momentum to feel like you know it all. But putting yourself in the mindset where you are the apprentice, you are the student, every single day you're waking up saying, what can I learn today? How can I sharpen the saw? How can I get a little bit better is required if you're going to go down the road to mastery. Uh, Gary was sharing how if you're a CEO, one of the most valuable skills you can have is the ability to recruit, attract, retain amazing talent. We have a hiring process. And he said, if you want to truly master hiring, you have to go through career visioning at least 11 times. This is a three-day, all-day course. I've sat through it five times and I find myself struggling because I'm like, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. I've done this before. But then keeping yourself in that mindset of being the student, being the explorer, and constantly trying to find how to learn, it's hard. Yeah. Well, I think the the best example that we always give again and again, Gary shares it. They talk about it in the book. We'll talk about it in the workshop that a lot of people can understand whether you do it or you don't do it is think about the martial arts studies that are out there. You start the martial arts, they hand you a white belt. Then you earn whatever colors next, whatever colors next, whatever colors next. Your goal is you work yourself towards a black belt. The black belt's really doing the same thing a white belt's doing. They've just been practicing and doing it again and again. And when a black belt thinks they know it all, Chuck Norris walks into the room and puts them on their butt. So, I mean, they're always being a student and learning. So I experienced this firsthand. I studied martial arts from um, age five to 18. And I got, I got up to a second degree black belt. And at the time, I was very uh, frustrated and humbled when we're in the black belts workout and they have us do pinyon one that you learn as a white belt. Right. Over and over again. And here you're a second degree black belt, which means you're probably pretty good at what you're doing, yet there were probably plenty of people who could still put you on your behind. Yeah, I could do the splits all three ways, high kicks, you got it. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. And I just wanted to work Chuck Norris into our podcast today. So, I mean, you know, well, what I, the heck? I air high five to both of us. There you all go. All right, there we go. <laughs> all, right, all right, so let's take a step back. I'm hearing that if I want to taste, have a chance of tasting the extraordinary in my life, I have to make a commitment. I have to actually do something about what I'm learning. And that first is to come from the position of being that student, commit to the road to mastery by looking at the journey, not the destination. Along the way, people face a lot of mental hurdles. You know, they have that ceiling of achievement that's over them that they keep bumping up against that people just, they struggle to break through that ceiling. Talk to us about that in the second commitment. All right. So that's moving from E to P, right? And that stands for entrepreneurial to purposeful. And the thing I always have to tell people when I get here, Jeff, is that entrepreneurial has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur, right? Just because you go and you open your own business or you get into some industry that you're an entrepreneur, that doesn't mean you've all of a sudden gone beyond what's being entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial is just what we do naturally, right? Some of us run fast naturally. Some of us speak in front of public naturally. Some people garden really naturally. You know, So that's being entrepreneurial. Some people's ceiling is low. Some people's ceiling is high. Yet you're always going to hit your ceiling at some point. Then you have to become purposeful to have what you said. There was that breakthrough to the next level. Here's the problem. Breakthrough 
just sounds like it hurts. Mm. And that's why nobody wants them. They hit that ceiling and they just stay there. I mean, have you ever felt burned out? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say... The answer is yes. And I wouldn't say I'm burned out now, but... Uh, maybe you picked up on my energy when we first got onto this. I, I, I feel it's, it's you know, lunchtime. I'm ready for a cocktail. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, then maybe that your willpower has dropped. As we'll yeah. go back to one of our six lies. Yet burnout often comes along with hitting that entrepreneurial ceiling. Mm. Right. We'd hit that ceiling and we start to experience burnout. Oh, this is as good as it's going to be. Oh, I can't get better than this. Oh, here I go doing it again. It's just the same thing. And then we have choices to make. Right. So if you are feeling and it, if it's willpower, it's willpower drain in that sense. Right. If it's burnout, well, Jeff, maybe you've hit your plateau is as good as a podcast as you're going to be able to get. What do you have to do to become purposeful about taking your podcast to the next level now so that you have that energy again? Well, I want to I want to enhance one thing you said that just for me, I picked up on. You said when you hit that ceiling, you have a choice to make. Most people, I think it's fair to say, when they hit that ceiling, they haven't had the people in their lives who expand their mind to to change the way that they look at things. They just they hit the ceiling and they go, oh, this is it. I can't perceive another way to break through this. And they just they keep trying harder. They try to muscle through it. They try to work harder, and they just end up even more frustrated, even more stressed. What are some of those other choices? Well, the other choice, I mean, you can give up. You can say, hey, I've hit my ceiling. I'm going somewhere else, right? And we see it all the time. You'll know somebody in one profession that shifts to a sister profession, right? We decide, oh, I'm I'm in medical school and I've hit my ceiling. I'm not going to become that next super brain surgeon. Well, I'll just go into the ER. Okay, well, no, I can't. Now I'm going to just become a family practitioner. I mean, I don't know how it works truly. You know, in the real estate world, it's, oh, I'm going to jump and become a mortgage lender or I'm going to go over and be an appraiser. They jump from industry to industry. They think the solution is out there. And that's one choice to make. You can just be that career hopper looking for someone to solve it for you. The other one is you got to get focused. Mm. You've got to say, okay, a flashlight casts a wide beam of light. A laser takes that same beam of light and focuses it. A flashlight's not going to damage anything. A laser could. So in that moment, I'm hitting my ceiling achievement. I'm experiencing that burnout. Instead of taking the shotgun approach or the flashlight approach and looking in a wide array, I'm going to focus down. What do you suggest people focus down to and what do they do from there to actually break through into a purposeful state? Well, I mean, you're focusing, you're finding the models and systems that are going to lead you to the breakthrough, Mm -hmm. right? You've got to go find the models and systems that lead to the breakthrough. Part of it is you also have to find your purpose, Mm. right? You need to almost pull the slingshot back to break through the wall that's coming ahead of you, the ceiling that's above you. You need that power. So what am I wanting? And then release myself by finding those models and systems and just find someone who's doing it a little bit better than I am. And that'll take you to the next floor. And and I'll expand on models and systems. Like That is just striking a chord with me because from the first interaction I ever had with Gary was very clear. He is a man of models and systems. He looks out in the world, says, what are these people doing? He he builds a model out very graphically, and then he builds a system so that the model can run. And then he's constantly waking up and trying to break that system. That's why he's reinvented KW so many times. That's the key that you just said right there, Jeff, right? The way we go from level to level and level, because here's the good news and here's the bad news. You can break through that ceiling. There's another ceiling coming, right? It's going from floor one to floor two to floor three to floor four. Well, Gary's living closer to the penthouse than the rest of us. 
And yet he'll tell you he still hasn't made it there. Why? Because he's on the path to mastery. He attempts to break his own systems so that he has to then refocus, find the new model and the new system, which breaks him through to the next level, which just takes him higher and higher and higher. Now, you don't have to go to the penthouse. There will be people that will be perfectly happy living on the fifth floor. That's okay. There'll be people who are perfectly happy living on the 10th floor. I don't even know how many floors this building truly has because we could always keep going. There's no limit to it. Yet here's the catch. Once we stop being purposeful, you automatically start coming back down the building whether you want to or not. Gravity will pull you back down. And as soon as we stop being purposeful about what it is, think about the easiest analogy for this is the weight loss yo-yo that everyone goes through. We become purposeful about cutting out sweets, about cutting out soda, about cutting out all those things that are unhealthy for us. Our weight goes where we want it to go. It hurts to be purposeful and give up that chocolate cake. It hurts to be purposeful and give up that stuff. Well, then as soon as we stop being purposeful about it and we have that one piece of candy, then we have the cookie. Then Halloween shows up and we have all those little candies. Then Thanksgiving shows up and we have the pie. Then we look back at New Year's and what happened? We just came all the way back down to our natural entrepreneurial level and put all that weight back on. I, I was, I've been pretty public about how I've been working on mastering power habits. I formed three right off the bat. My fourth one was about transforming my diet. I was on a 45-day streak into 66 days on my challenge. Then Halloween hit. Then Thanksgiving hit. Then the holidays hit. And I completely fell off my rocker. January rolls around. I get on the horse for 15 days. And I, fall, I fell off and I haven't gotten back on since because I realized it wasn't my one thing. I've now shifted my focus and I'm on a 33-day streak at this point in time. But it's just what you said. The moment I stopped following the model and the system and I lost that purposeful drive, boom, all gone. And think about the most famous tale that's probably out there that everybody knows. As soon as I mention it, I don't have to go any farther. There was a tortoise. There was a hare. Mm-hmm. One entrepreneurially was very fast. The, the hare was very, very, very fast. What did he do? He took off, ran really far, and got as far as he was going to go his entrepreneurial level. The tortoise was not fast. He had to be purposeful. He had to remain purposeful. And as long as he remained purposeful, who won? The purposeful one, the tortoise wins the race. I will take a talented person and then I will take someone who's willing to work for it. And the person who's willing to work for it will pass the talented person every single time. I'd like to encourage you who's listening to this to take a moment, pause and reflect on your life. Is what you're doing driven by purpose or is it driven by ego? Is it driven by vanity? Is it driven by some shiny object that, that society says you should be chasing like dollars? How many of you have ever gone after a job opportunity because you thought it would pay you well, but then you ended up realizing you were climbing a ladder that was leaning up against a wall you had no desire to climb? Yeah, it's a great point. You know, Gary says it, and Gary and Jay say it in the book. They say, are you doing this the best you can do it? Or are you doing it for the best it can be done? So there's a big difference. There's the best I can run a marathon, and then there's the best the marathon can be run. Which one am I doing? Because if you want to keep breaking through to that next level, you have to be working to do it the best that can be done. Well, I think this this just ties really well into that third commitment. If you if you commit to putting yourself in the right mindset where you are a student going down that road to mastery, if you commit to not just relying on your natural talent and living within the ceiling that it that you've imposed over yourself 
commit to being purposeful and breaking through it and constantly elevating that ceiling. Yep. How do you actually do it? How do you make sure you do it on a day-to-day basis? You got to be accountable. And that's the right? third, that's the third commitment. Yeah. Right. This, I feel like this is a very uh, trendy word right now. People are like, I need an accountability partner. I don't believe that's what being accountable is. Please go on. It's not having an accountability partner. You're being accountable to you. And that's what Gary and Jay are truly talking about in the book when they're really talking about this. Now, yes, accountability partners help us because we can't hold ourselves accountable. Yet we have to look in the mirror. Jeff, I got to guess it's happened to you at least once in your life. You've been driving down the highway and someone cut you off. Ever happened? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we all have two choices to make. We either become accountable or we become a victim. Right, A victim is the one who yells and screams at the person in front of them, leans on the horn, maybe goes around them, drives past them, cuts them off, attempts to get in front of them. Their day is completely ruined because of this. They became a victim. An accountable person says, hey, maybe I was following too closely. Maybe that person needed to get off because they just got a call from their school and the kid needs to be picked up right away. Maybe something tragic has happened to that person and I could have just let them over if I paid attention instead of being how I was being about it. That's an accountable person. That's someone being accountable because life's going to show up to us each and every day, no matter what. We get to choose, and there's that word, right? We get to choose. Do we want to be accountable or do we want to be a victim? So I, I mentioned that you and I having this conversation, we was inspired by the conversation I had with Tom Billu in the last episode. He talked about the importance of accountability. And he shared an example about what accountability meant to him. And I shared the example a mentor shared with me that if you're parked at a red light and somebody comes and rear ends you, that instead of thinking, what the bleep, you think like on a subconscious level, what did I do to attract this into my life? When you just everything that happens, you don't go to point the finger. You don't go to the below the line by blame, shame, and justification. You go internal and say, where's my DNA on this? What could I have possibly done differently? And if there is an answer, it is you. Well, Jeff, there's the, I mean, if you point at someone accusationally, right? If you point at me right now into your camera, and if everybody listening just stops and points and holds that point, you're pointing one finger at the person you're accusing, yet you're pointing three fingers right back at yourself. Oh, snap. I've never seen that before. That's good. Right? I mean, you're, you're pointing right back at yourself no matter what you want to do. Now, I'll tell you, there's a victim mindset listening to this podcast. You're saying, no, those fingers are going slightly off to the side. They're not really pointing at me. That's a victim mindset. You've got to be accountable. If you've said you're going to be the best at something, be the best at something and do what you need to do. Have that repetition, have that monotonous repetition that Gary talks about again and again. Now, having an accountability partner helps, yet it doesn't matter how many accountability partners you have if you're not being accountable. Great. I I love it. And true to the message of the one thing, you don't need an accountability partner. You need to first and foremost, look in the mirror and become a person who is accountable. And I also think so many people who listen to this are business owners, executives, senior management level. They manage people. They understand that the highest form of success comes when you succeed through others, which Gary is a true master of. When you have people who report to you and they don't do the job correctly, if you just point the finger at them, these are, you, you are not a leader. No. Right? 
you know, to truly succeed through others, you have to first and foremost look at yourself and say, what could I have done differently? Have I communicated my standards? Do I, are there consequences if they do not meet the standards? Because otherwise, standards without consequences are merely suggestions. Correct. Absolutely. And you're right. We have to be able to look at ourselves and say, what did I do? Now, at some point, yes, I have to now say, no, it's you. Yeah, sure. There will be a time where I have to say, no, I've been pretty clear on my standards. I've been pretty clear on what we expect, and you're doing everything you can to avoid it. It's you. I've got the wrong person. Yet, if that's our first assumption, no, that's not a leader. A leader does look at themselves and say, where are my fingerprints on this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's been one of my bigger lessons and just literally seeing Jay Papazan every single day, he's constantly coaching me on how can I come from curiosity? How can I bring that type of accountability to the table? And it's transformed the way that I work with people. You know, one of the things I love about accountability that Jay and and Gary put in the book for us are the statistics. I'm not a stats guy. They did the research, which makes me love it because I didn't have to do the research. I mean, write down a goal right now. I mean, if you're listening to this, stop, take a second, write down a goal, financial, your relationship, your health, whatever it is while I'm talking, write down a goal. Because now once you're done, congratulations, you're 39.5% more likely to make it happen because you just wrote down a goal. Now, if you want to double that and become 76.7% more likely to make it happen, I mean, Jeff, if I told you right now, you could be 76.7% more likely to make your health goal that you were talking about earlier happen. Would you take me up on how do I make that happen? Yeah. Yeah, write it down and now get weekly accountability. Now go get that outside. You've already said, I'm committed to it. I'm writing it down. I'm on the path to mastery. I'm going to go from being entrepreneurial to becoming purposeful about it. I'm willing to be accountable. I've looked in the mirror. Now I'm going to go get outside accountability weekly to hold me to it. You're 76.7% more likely to achieve whatever that goal was you're working towards. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, and I haven't talked about this, but behind the scenes, so many people have been asking what that, how they go and get that weekly accountability, which if you ask Gary Keller, he'll say the highest form of accountability is a coach. Always. True, true business owners, true, like, true leaders, the people who achieve the highest level of success that they have coaches. Gary has coaches. And so multiple. We, yeah. Right? Mul- you, you said it right there. I'm going to jump in. You said that plural coaches. Yeah. Because he's got one in his health. He's got one in his business. He's got one in his fine. He's got them in different areas because he understands there isn't one in that situation. There's one in each of those areas. Absolutely. And this is one of the things where how do we bring the most value to you? Um, Behind the scenes, we're having some conversations about bringing one thing coaching or productive coaching to the table. You know, if you guys, if that's something you'd be interested in, because this would just be, we haven't done it yet, but this would at least demonstrate the interest. Text the word accountability to the number 33444. Again, that's the word accountability to the number 33444. So you can at least raise your hand and that'll say, is this something you want us to bring to market or not? We're not committed to doing it yet, but uh, if, it, if it brings value, we will seriously explore it. So shoot that text. Um, Chad, how have you been able to find that accountability for yourself? You just, you just said it. It was coaching. So you have a coach. I have a coach. I have more than one coach. I also have people who aren't officially coaches. My wife is my coach in certain areas. She holds me accountable to certain things. I have a gym partner that I work out with. So they're expecting me to show up. So it becomes that accountability there. Then I have a coach in my business. Then I have mentors that I go to who hold me accountable to things on maybe not that weekly basis, yet they're doing it on a monthly basis. We're never going to get there. No one succeeds alone. 
So as soon as you can realize you learned the alphabet because your teacher helped you, as soon as you realize you learned those math equations because your teacher helped you, that you'll realize that I need a teacher still in my life every single day. It's not I graduated school and I got to give that stuff up. And I think that this absolutely applies to personal life as well. Amy, my wife and I were just talking about this, how from the moment you were born, you had your parents there to get you to a certain level. Then you had your teachers. In sports, you had your coaches. Uh, In work, you've had your boss or your manager. But suddenly when you become a business owner, when you become an executive in that area, and then in also the most important relationship of your life, the, the relationship with your spouse, suddenly you lack that accountability figure in your life, which is why you know business coach is one thing, but Amy and I are also proactively seeking out a relationship counselor or a relationship, call, call it what you want to call it, because we can be doing better. Yeah. I mean, everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to a, you know, we're going to a marriage counselor. It's like, oh my gosh, they're saving their marriage. It's falling apart. No, imagine if you were going to a marriage counselor, so your marriage never got weak enough that you needed to save your marriage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Proactive versus reactive. Absolutely. It's got to have coaching in all of those areas of your life. Someone coached you through anything you, as you're listening to this, anything you've been a success in, you probably had a coach. If you really think about it, you didn't naturally learn to play that instrument. You probably had a teacher who coached you through it. You didn't naturally learn to do your finances that way. Someone showed you how to do it and then held you accountable to it until you were able to do it on your own. You could probably do it better if you found a higher level coach now. That's what it all comes down to. Have a coach. All right. I love it. So let's take a step back. You're the type of person you want to get a taste of the extraordinary. You want to achieve those big, hairy dreams that that you've had that frankly, sometimes you doubt if you can do it. And it starts with making the commitment to three things. First and foremost, living the road to mastery. Going from E to P, being purposeful about what you're doing and breaking through that ceiling of achievement and then having accountability. Being the type of person who is accountable and also brings relationships into their world that bring that accountability to the table as well. If you can do those things, woo! I don't even want to say the sky's the limit because there is no limit. Correct. Right. Don't limit yourself even and say the sky's the limit. No, there, there is no limit as to what you could do if you are willing to make the commitment and truly live those three things. And, and let's, let's look at the evidence of people who have lived this. Example one, Gary Keller. No more need to be said about that one. And number you two... You can drop the mic on Yeah, <laughs> drop the mic on that one. And then number two, go back and listen to the last episode. Look at what Tom has accomplished. Dude's still in his 30s got a company worth over a billion dollars and he's already on his second one and he had a successful exit. Before that, he lives these three things. Success leaves clues, folks. No need to reinvent the wheel. You got it there, Jeff. You hit it right on the head with that. I love it. Well, I, Chad, appreciate the time. As always, it's fun to riff with you and uh, to, to speak with somebody who, who lives the book just like I'm on my road to mastery with and just, just appreciate the time. My pleasure. I love doing it. Had some great feedback from the last time we were together. Look forward to hearing from everybody what they got from this one. And Jeff, look forward to the next time you and I get the chance to uh, to share the one thing with everybody. Awesome. And for everybody else, thank you so much for your time, your attention. If you're not subscribed to the show yet, please do so. That will allow all the episodes to automatically be downloaded to your device moving forward. And if you have not left us a review yet, please do so. It's great feedback for us. It also helps us organically reach more people. And, and I meant what we said earlier. We're very seriously considering 
what it would look like if we were to bring some type of a one thing coaching or a productive coaching to market. We, we don't know if this is something you'd be interested in or not. We're not going to bring it to market unless enough people raise their hand and at least say, I'm interested in learning more. Um, you can do that by texting the word accountability to the number 33444. And that'll at least let us know that you're interested and we can go from there. So again, thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you in the next episode.